It's Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you once again. Good afternoon. I've, I've come out from underneath the blanket. Oh, yes, many blankets. Away from hibernation. I'm, I'm here like a it's, bear. It's been freezing over the weekend, wasn't it? It certainly was. I did actually stay under the blanket and watch TV on Saturday afternoon. How boring is that? I, I did that yesterday. <laughs> I, just, I don't think I moved all day, just stayed under the blanket. It's not saying something about us, is it? Not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. And our active lifestyles. <laughs> Scott, what do you got for us today? I thought we might talk about the uh, national flowers of both Croatia and France today, keeping the right. um, World Cup theme just for a couple more days later. Uh, we'll talk about rose pruning, a uh, plant that's out at the moment, uh, Pyrostesia venusta, and can we grow rhododendrons up in the uh, upper hunter? We'll answer Dennis's question from Singleton. And first up today, we've got Cole from Saltash, and he needs advice about fertilising blueberry and citrus trees. Hey, Cole, how can we help you? No, g'day, boys. Uh, blueberries, what's the best time of the year to do them? I've got the recommended fertiliser, but it doesn't tell you what time of the year to do it. Yeah, look, you certainly wouldn't do them at the moment. Blueberries are, uh, you know, they're not completely deciduous, but they, I know in winter their leaves go that funny bronzy colour and they will lose some of their leaves. So they're not completely deciduous, but they will sort of, you know, they're semi-deciduous, I guess is the best way to describe that. Uh, So I would be waiting now until we get to uh, mid-August, you know, late August. You know, when you start to feel spring coming on, that's the time to go and give them a fertilise then. The reason reason I ask, Scott, is because they're flowering. Ah, okay. So they're doing a little bit of strange thing at the moment, are they? Yeah, they're in a pretty sheltered spot, so mm. they get northerly sun. And and uh, I just wondered, seeing they're starting to flower, would it be the time to put somewhere in? Yeah, so what have you actually got to fertilise them with? Because often fertilising when a plant's flowering isn't quite the right thing to do. What, what no. Oh, I couldn't tell you the name of it. It's down down in the garden. Okay. No worries, and that's, and that's where it should stay down there. But when you go and yeah. use it, so look, uh, look. Essentially, blueberries like a, a slightly acidic soil. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you've got them in the ground, you can use cow manure on them. Uh, you know, but if you get, uh, I'm thinking like an azalea. Uh, and yeah. camellia fertiliser, they're also yeah. yeah. You can also use those on blueberries if you want to. You know, it's going to promote the flowering of the plant. It's also going to be slightly acidic, uh, so you can certainly use those. Uh, look for you at the moment. Use a small amount of it. I wouldn't overuse it, just as it is according to the directions. And if you wanted to, you could continue using a, a soluble fertiliser like Flourish. Uh, they're nice yeah. and safe to use when a plant's flowering. Sure, and the citrus. Um Scott, uh, that's a bit later too in the August and September area. Yeah, definitely for, uh, a little bit later for those. Now, for citrus though, uh, look, either go and get one of those ones from your local garden centre, you know, it's like a granular yeah. one or use that. Uh, they actually yeah. love poultry manure as well. They like slightly alkaline soil. Uh, yeah. So you can use poultry manure on citrus to, uh, citrus to uh, you know, to great effect. At the same time. Uh, yes, yes, certainly. Well, look, you probably wouldn't use your poultry and your citrus food at the same time. It's probably going to, you know, overload the plant a little bit too much. Uh, so you, you know, maybe just alternate them. Uh, look, you you fertilise your citrus about uh, once every three to four months. Yeah. Okay. That that includes finger limes. Uh, yeah, certainly you can do those as well. Okay. Good. Thank you very much, Scott. Okay. Thanks for that call. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. 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 Cheers, thanks, Cole. We've got John from Fullerton Cove, and he needs advice of getting, re- getting rid of weeds in his lawn. Uh, John, how can we help you with them? G'day, Scott. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty well. What sort of weeds G'day you got there? Uh, I'm after getting Kaikiri out of the cooch lawn. Yeah. Now, I'll just go a little back. Uh, Judy was on there about a month ago, and she was talking to a chap who told her a particular suburb, and she said, I'll give this 
information to Scott because <laughs> you had a day off. Oh, look, uh, look if she rings up, yeah. I, I don't answer the phone. Fair <laughs> <laughs> <Sure> enough, <laughs> Anyhow, my main project now to ring you is I want to know the name of that stuff. If you can get it for me, please. Okay, look, I, I, I don't know. She actually didn't pass that, that message on to me. Oh, I, right on. Great communication, the shots. Well, look, we, you know, <laughs> if she is my mum, you know. <laughs> look, the, <laughs> Yep, uh, the other on. thing I was thinking of is uh, I remember back in the day you used to be able to get Paspalum Killer, and for some yeah. reason my memories, you know, it's it's sort of jogged in there that you could not use Antipas or Paspalum and Nutgrass Killer on Kai Q yep. lawns because I'm pretty sure it would actually yellow it back and and sort of burn it off. Oh. So that Pass might Pelham. that might be a way to go. And and look, it could be that uh, you know what that fellow rang up about, uh, you know, told you yeah. uh, that she knew. She, he knew Judy quite well, and she said, "Oh, I'll pass this information on to Scott." Right. So, okay. Yeah. So that, that hasn't been done. No. No. So, look, and let, let's keep let's keep rubbing that in too. That's. <laughs> <laughs> and past Pelham, I've never. I haven't. I know it. I know past Pelham. Used to play as with a kid. He used to grow in the parks and everything. Yeah, and remember, you used to stick to your uh, your legs and your hair and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And some kids used to get boils with it and everything. You know. Okay. Yeah. Look, you don't see as much of it around, um, but yeah, no. there, there, there is a product called I used to call it Anti Pass. I think that's what it was called back in the day. Uh, but I think Anti-pass, they just yeah they it? just call it uh, Pass Palum and Nutgrass Killer now. And I'm pretty, right pretty sure when you turn it over and you have a look on it, uh, that yep. it will set back um, Kai in a lawn. Righto. Do you keep that? Uh, I'm pretty sure we do. All right. Well, I'll go into Derby Street one day and I'll get a bottle off you or whatever. Okay, good on you. <laughs> okay, then. And thank you. Okay, I thanks, so, John. Mum a rap, rap, remand for not giving you that information. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give her a wrap across the knuckles. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay, Scott. Thank okay, you very much, mate. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. In her defence, she probably did try. Look, I don't, don't think she did. I, look, I definitely would have answered the phone. <laughs> How good is call, call ID? Well, see, I know my mum, she just comes up, no caller ID. Uh-huh. She's about the only person that rings me up that so way. So when you get unknown caller. Unknown caller, you know it's who, like, yeah. You do know who it is. You do know who it is, so you just press the little reject button on the side of the phone. <laughs> Keep watching the movie. <laughs> It's Gardening Talk back on to you RFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Chris from Charlestown, and he's got a question about miniature flowering gum. Hey, Chris, how are you going? Yeah, well, Scott, how are you? Very well, very well. But I'm not a boy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's Greg's bad, not mine. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I know. Uh, I bought a, a flowering gum, which was the miniature flowering gum, it was called Little Scarlet. Yes. It's only supposed to grow to two metres. Yes. And it seems to be getting a bit over that. Right, okay. And I'm wondering when is the right time to prune that? Yes, yeah, so look, I, I would have to say that the flowering gums that I have seen usually will get over two metres tall. Uh, generally, they won't get, you know, it's between that three and four metre mark that they get to. And they look, they are really quite spectacular when they come out in flower. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, look, it actually probably wouldn't hurt for you to give it a light prune back now. Okay. Yeah. Now, the thing with gum trees, though, is you have to be really careful about, you know, not going back into the heavy wood. Uh, you really just almost want to give it a shave across the top. Uh, just a tip prune. Yeah, really just a tip prune, just to keep it under control. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and but they assured me it wouldn't grow any higher than 
as a, it cost me seventy dollars because uh, it was a miniature. Yes, look, and they are very expensive because they're a, a grafted plant. Uh, and look, the reason they do that is because they're you know actually from Western Australia, and if they just brought the miniature gum over here, it wouldn't do very well. So they they graft it onto a better rootstock that's going to survive you know more readily here on the east coast in the humidity. And uh, uh-huh. and that's that's the reason that they do that, just so they'll survive here in uh, in you know Newcastle on the east coast. Okay, so I can give it a light prune now. Yes, just a very light tip prune. Okie dokie. Thank you very much, okay. Scott. Have a nice afternoon, Chris. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And we've got Rod now from Spears Point. He's looking at transplanting magnolia trees and iceberg roses. Rod, how can we help you, mate? Yeah, mate. Um, I've got a. Um, two metre tall um, magnolia tree yes. and a couple of iceberg roses and I've got to transplant them because we're going to extend out of our driveway and that and yeah, I want to yeah. tra- I just want to know when the best time is to um, transplant Yeah look I mean you, you actually picked a really good time of year to go and transplant uh, trees. What sort of magnolia is it? Is it a uh, deciduous one or one of the uh, uh, you know magnolia little gems? Yeah, okay. So, look, you have picked a good time to transplant them, especially the rose. Yep. Because they're pretty much dormant at the moment. So you can, you know, effectively go and give them a really hard cut back and, yep. and dig them out and replant them. Uh, look, when you're replanting, though, make sure you dig your hole, put a bit of, you know, good soil in the bottom. Yep. And then fill the uh, hole up with water. Stick your rose in there, no deeper than it was when you actually took it out. Yep. And then put your good soil back in around that. Keep on watering it so that it, it compacts and you don't get any uh, sort of air, you know, air yep, holes, air, filling, pockets, air, that, air yeah. pockets filling in there. Yep. And uh, don't fertilise or anything. And then just keep on watering uh, over time. If they're standard icebergs, you know, the ones that are up taller, you're going to have to stake those again so they don't blow yeah, over. Yeah, they're, they're like the, um, what they call them, the... Uh no, no, just a stem and the yeah. thing on top. So, you look, you're going to have to restake those again just so they don't yep. blow over, especially when we get those westerly winds in October. Yep. Uh, mate, look, as for your uh, little gem, yes, you can uh, give them uh, a transplant. Uh, yep. Again, cut it back. Uh, you know, you might even want to take about a third of the plant off to reduce the stress on the plant. Yep. Uh, dig it out as best as you can. Don't drag it out of the ground. If you can't get through a root, make sure you just cut it nice and cleanly. Yep. And uh, then again, repeat, you know, dig your hole, put some good soil in there, water, yep. water, water. And yep. then, uh, you look, you won't be able to give that magnolia enough water, um, you know, just to try and reduce the stress on it. There is another product you can get out there called Stress Guard. It's like, right it's like a polymer coating that uh, slows down the transpiration rate of the plant. So you spray it all over. And it sort of just yeah, it just slows everything down is the layman's way to talk about it because that's the yep. only way I know how to talk about it. I don't know the technical term for it. Okay. Um, but, look, that's a really good thing to use, uh, you know, to try and reduce that stress on your plant. And, again, watering. Uh, you, look, you won't be able to give it enough water. Right. Would you use that stuff on the roses as well? Like... Uh, you could. You Look, you could. You're probably going to waste it a bit because they really shouldn't have leaves on them too much at the moment anyway. Mine's but... Full of at the moment. Yeah, look, and that's the trouble with iceberg roses. They, they, you know, they actually flower too well, and and you know they just keep on going through winter. Yeah. So yeah, are, yeah. I, I would Beautiful. suggest that pruning it back. Um, you know, this colder snap that we've got at the moment, that's going to make it fairly dormant. Uh, and the other thing about your magnolia, you might have to stake that as well just to keep yep. it upright. Okay, so they're right to plant, uh, transplant this time of year. Absolutely, uh, take as much soil with you as possible when you're digging. Dig as big a hole as possible, yep. and uh, yep, go for it. Okay, thanks, Scott. Okay, good on you. Thanks for that, Rod. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. And we've got Sandra from Beresfield, and she's got a question about wisteria. 
Hey, Sandra, what's what's up with your wisteria? Scott, if it's died back, died off, yeah, right off, yeah, will it grow again? Yes, will it come on again. Yeah, absolutely. Will it come again. No, that's that's the great come thing on. about wisteria. Don't don't be worried about it. All's going to be well. Um, they're actually they're actually a deciduous plant, so they look fantastic, you know, in summer and, and spring. You know, they've got all those beautiful leaves all over them, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they they die back to sort of the the skeletal, uh, you know, plant that you've got there now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the magic of them is, uh, once we get to spring, all of a sudden, all those beautiful purple flowers will spring out on it for you. Uh, right. And, and then think, after that, then the I've leaves come purple. on for you. Yeah, I, I think I've got a purple. A pink and a white. Right, okay. Yeah, so you've got, what, three different three plants, different have you? Three different ones. Yeah. yeah, three different plants. Yeah. Look, and I, I, look, oh, I hope they all come back. <laughs> no, no, they'll all come back. And if they all grow in together, you, you're going to have a magnificent show there. Yeah, it will be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, and besides that, now, while I'm thinking of it, and I've yeah. got you on the phone, um, I've got rose speed. Can I put that on, say, orchids and um, three-in-one Trees or bushes, what do you call them? Uh, today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Uh, okay, so I, I'd say naughty, naughty on the orchids, um, but I'd naughty, say naughty. okay on your uh, three and one tree. Ah, right, love. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. So look, ma- make make sure when you're doing orchids, you only use a, sub- a specific orchid food for that. Ah, righto then, doll. Rightio then, love. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, Sandra. You have a nice afternoon. You too, though. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Steve now from Barnsley. And Scotty's got a question about roses. I wonder if Steve's going to call us Dahl or Love. That'd be... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Hey, Steve, how can we help you, mate? G'day, Love. (laughs) 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 We're we're okay here. How can we help you, Steve? (laughs) No, mate. Righto. Um, uh, With roses, uh, I've suggested... To my friends, yes. which I I got their roses going magnificent last season. Um, I've had roses for a long time. Anyway, um, I've suggested that we wait till the blooms finish and more leaves drop, um, then do the winter prune. Mm-hmm. Now my can my thoughts are when to feed. Yeah, okay. You always feed directly after you've pruned. And look, I'd, I'd have to agree with you that, you know, it used to be the old rule of thumb that you'd, uh, you know, prune in July, but it seems to be that, you know, especially with iceberg roses, they're not dropping their leaves and their buds, uh, you know, until much later, you know, it's almost when we, until we're getting into August. Uh, so, so Some some have. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the lady thought it was dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> no. No, um, good, good. She picked all the dead leaves off and puts them in a the bag and puts them in the bin. She's done a great job. Um, now they need some different training. They've just been blurt. Um And um, so I wait just a little while and there's still blooms. Yes. Um, possibly an iceberg. Yep. And um, um, so I can... Right, feed them. Yep, that, that's fine. So you can, 
end of July, I said to her. Yeah, I, and I reckon that's about right as well. If you know, if you have to, you can prune them earlier, but you always wait as long as possible. So, talking about the feeding, uh, you, we always feed them with poultry manure. Usually, about a bucket of yes, poultry manure. Yes. So it's quite a lot of poultry manure. And then in a well, couple, I'm the supplier of that. Okay. <laughs> and, and then a couple of weeks after that, you get some of that, uh, you know, rose food, the granular rose food, and you give it a couple oh, of hand, yeah, a couple of handfuls of that about two weeks later. Oh, righto. Yep. Um, she's been spraying with Comfidor and hasn't had aphids or things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, no, and, um, and look, that that's fine. Look, the only thing, you know, we're a big fan of the bee here on the show, so you just have to be careful about, um, you know, if bees are around, especially using Comfidor because it does get absorbed into the into the plant. So probably another does way... Does it go into the bloom where the... The bees go mainly. Yeah, look, it'll be absorbed all the way into the plant. So another, oh right, yeah, another uh, you know sort of spray to use. It's a lot safer is uh, just using pyrethrum, and that will certainly get rid of aphids for you. Okay, oh, sort know. of r- rather than spraying Comfortor around willy nilly. Ah, yep. righto. Okay, mate. <laughs> we have a good afternoon. And we've got Zach from Cessnock, and Scotty's got a question about orange trees. Zach, how how can we help you, mate? Um, I've got I planted two orange trees, probably. Um, it's going back about 10 years ago now, and um, I put a chook pen around the, uh, about five years ago, Yep. and uh, the oranges used to be sort of a fair size, like I've got an oval and I've got a blood orange, and they, they used to be a sort of fair size, but they're going to, uh, they're still juicy, but they're half the size of what they used to be. Are they getting too much um, chook stuff around it, or should I add something? to make them bigger or... Yeah, look, it sounds like they are getting, you know, a little bit too much uh, love from your chooks. Uh, I'd, I'd actually be giving them some potash now. There's a product called sulphate of potash that you can get. It's a powder. Uh, you mix it up. You can water it into the soil uh, or, you know, depending, you can actually sprinkle it around and, and then hose it in as well if you want to. Uh, but look, I think that's probably going to be the problem. You're getting a little bit too much chook manure there, high in nitrogen. Uh, so, you know, you're getting some probably good green leafy growth on the plant. Uh, yeah, yeah, really look, good. And look, that, be that as, as it may, uh, you know, citrus do like chook manure. Uh, they really do like it, but maybe not in the excess that they're getting with the, uh, the little fowl, um, you know, pooping around it all the time. Yes. And um, I heard you talking about that comfortable. Like, I get some of those, uh, like a big beetle type thing on the trees, but I haven't had any actually last year. Yeah. But when they're when there, I do sort of spray with the comfortable because of it. It seems to be the only thing that sort of kills them. They've got the hard back stink beetles, I think. Yeah, 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 they're actually called bronze orange lace bug, but everyone just calls them stink beetles because if you go near one, you know what it's all about. Yeah. Yep, um, yeah, skunks have got nothing on those little guys. <laughs> yeah. But look, yeah. no, you're, you're right, the Comfortor does work on those pretty well. And the good thing about those is, you know, they're, they're fairly stationary, so you don't have to go spray the whole tree. You can just sort of aim and, and shoot. Um, you know, depending how good your aim is, and uh, just actually, yeah, and just get the insect, and then you know, after about fifteen or twenty minutes, you can see it start to affect the insect, and it just drops off onto the ground eventually and dies. Oh, good, that's what I do anyway. Yeah. That's good. Right, so sulphate of potash. How much? How much do you need to put around each tree? Mate, according to the directions, but it's one of those things. You, as I always say to people, build it up in the soil over time. So you might start using it, you know, once every couple of weeks for you know a month or so. And then just yeah. drop it back to once a month and uh, as it builds up in the soil for you. Okay. Okay, Thank good you. on you, Zach. Have a nice afternoon. You too. Cheers, bye-bye. And we've got Louise now from Aberglasson, and she's looking at getting herself a Japanese maple. Yeah. 
Louise, how can we help Good you with morning. it? Good morning. Yes. Good, good afternoon, should I say. We've, yeah, we've um, come that far. <laughs> we have, yes. Uh, I have seen two growing in Adamstown recently, and more um, further away I've seen them growing in Katoomba. Mm-hmm. They're a Japanese maple. I believe it has a small green leaf, but the foliage, the, not the foliage, the stems go a bright red in wintertime when there's no leaf on it, um, but I don't know what species it is. Um, yeah, look, and there's lots of different um, varieties of, of yeah. um, maples. So, um, look, I, I was going to say, don't you know, you could almost go and dig one of those ones out of there in Adamstown, but don't go and do that. You probably have to go to a nursery and actually buy it. That would be a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, look, the um, one you're looking for is called. I'm just trying to rack my poor old memory about it here as well. I usually usually call it the the coral bark maple. Okay. Uh, yeah, so if you go into, you know, your local garden centre, where are you at? I'm in Aberglassen. so I'd probably... So uh, Heritage. Yeah, I'd jump into Heritage. Now, at Heritage at the moment, they should have their full variety of deciduous stock in, mm-hmm. in there, and mm. and they have a really good range up there, so you're going to be able to find that uh, particular mm. maple up there. They get the Flemings um, varieties yeah. most usually, and, mm-hmm. uh, and they're a very high-quality plant. Do you know how tall they grow, average? Yeah, look, those ones aren't particularly tall. I think they only get, no. uh, you know, probably about three metres. That's exactly how tall I want it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they're not a yeah. particularly tall growing maple, that red uh, red barked one. Mm. And I also have a lemon tree in a pot. It's called Lots of Lemons. Yes. It's 15 years old, and it's just dropped every leaf that it had on it. It's all They're all gone. There's not a leaf on it. There are some very sad-looking lemon, um, tiny buds. Yes. Um, but no leaves, and some of the little branches look like they're dying. Uh, okay. Uh, look, the only thing I can say to you with that one is just make sure that it's being well watered. Watered. Uh, prune, mm-hmm. off, prune off all of those, uh, you know, sort of dead or dying branches on there. Just give it a yeah. little bit of a trim back. And yeah. then, uh, you know, it, it, it probably should come good for you. I've seen lemons, you know, drop their, drop their leaves, especially, you know, we might have a cold snap. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it could be a slight lack of water as well. It still is fairly dry okay. out there. Um, I just yeah. keep on watering as normal, and I think you'll probably find that it'll come back. Uh, and lots when of, should I feed it, Scott? Uh, look, you can feed lemons uh, about three to four times a year. Have you got that in a pot okay. or in the ground, that one? It's in a large terracotta pot. Okay, yeah. so you do need to be careful about what you feed that. You can't use the sort of the granular... Uh, you know, citrus food, it's too strong mm. for it. So you do have to use okay. some sort of uh, slow-release fertiliser. There's actually okay. a rose food called Sudden Impact. Mm-hmm. And when you're, at Her- when you're at Heritage, I'm pretty sure they got mm. that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And you'll be able to get some of that. And look, it is for roses. But the great thing about that is that roses like exactly the same thing as citrus-like. So right. sudden, sudden Impact is a fantastic rose food for citrus plants. Lovely. Yeah. All right, then. Well, thank you so much for that information. I'll put that in the box. <laughs> Okay, thanks for that, Louise. Thank you. Okay. Have a great day. Bye. Bye bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you've got a question for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216216. And we've got Lillian from Williamtown. She's got a question about pruning azaleas. Hey, Lillian. Yes, how can hi. Hello, Scott. How can we help you with it? Um, I've, I bought this house uh, five years ago. Yep, yep. But they had hedges on the ends of their gardens of azaleas. Yeah. And one in the centre of them, there's about five different colours at the end. I'm sorry if you can't hear me. I've got jets flying over. <laughs> of course, of course you do. Williamtown, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and one's dying in the centre. Yeah. But I can see down there's new shoots coming way down. So when can I prune them? 
Yeah, look, I, I would actually prune it now if that's the case. So if you're, you know, start from the outside of the plant and start to prune down. And, you know, if you're in dead wood on the outside of the plant, keep on pruning yep. down until you yep. get to where it's green and then you can stop there. Okay, oh, no, I was just wondering. And then I'd just give it some azalea food? Uh, look, I probably wouldn't if it's a bit stressed. I'd just keep on watering it at this point in time. Uh, usually if yep. a plant's stressed for some reason, you avoid feeding it. It just overloads the plant. And, yep. and especially in the it case where you're... this one plant. Yeah, it and look, it, it, it can't, you know, unfortunately sometimes a plant can just, you know, get towards its end. And, you know, it might be that if it doesn't come back for you, it might be best to actually rip it out and uh, replace yep. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look, but I would say. Sorry, the noise. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Um, I'm, they're up there doing a good job, I'm sure. And yeah, they're very, doing they're very... doing something over Saltash, so we get them coming over the village and okay. out over Saltash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, for that Lillian. We've got Bev from Toronto on the line, and she's got a question about fertilising mango trees and other plants. Hey, Bev, what other plants have you got apart from the mango? Uh, well, I've got some comfrey growing. Okay. Uh, and also, I'm about to cut the roses back. Yep, yep. But I was wondering about um, if when the, the roses are cut back, um, when would I put the poultry manure on? Yep. Look, okay. So once you prune your roses, you, you, I mean, you, virt- you do it straight away. You know, you, you, as soon as those secateurs are finished clipping, uh, you, right. you get your poultry manure, about a bucket of it and uh, spread it around the rose. Make sure that it's not up against the trunk of the rose, though you have to make, you know, if you're dumping it over there, just pull it back away from the from the trunk of the rose because you don't want collarot. And then, like we said earlier, uh, you know, in about two weeks' time, you go and get some of that granular uh, rose food and put about uh, a handful or so around each rose as well. Oh, good. And now, would you disturb the soil before you put the poultry manure on? No, definitely not. I, I never do that. I always just dump it straight over the rose. You know, I almost pour it straight over the top of the rose and then just, you know, with my glove on, I just pull it away back from the trunk and uh, and be done with it after that. You know, you don't have to right. be, you know, too careful about it. Um, but the main mm-hmm. thing is not to have it up against the trunk. Rightio, then. Now, with the mango tree, yep. we cut it back after the finished fruiting yeah perfect and uh we always get a good crop what's left over from the possum and uh oh, those um, crafty little buggers yeah yeah, yeah. I'd, I, we followed what i found i think was on your program about wrapping the limbs with the, the glad wrap and putting vaseline on it yep yep and that that worked the poor thing he, he knocked himself out for about three hours trying <laughs> to jump he was trying to jump up, jump up, and there's all scratches on the path where he'd been trying to push himself up because he couldn't climb up the tree and <laughs> oh, wanted the, to jump up. Yeah, the, sm- the smell must have been driving him crazy up there. <laughs> must have been. Yeah. But that we've had all new growth uh, where we've cut it back. It's, it's looking good and healthy except that the new growth were all sort of yellowy leaves and they all got a rust look on them. Mm-hmm. And then that happened on a few of the established leaves as well. So I didn't know what that was due to or what I could do about it or worry about it or not. Yeah, no, you should be worried about that. Uh, mangoes can get a, a, a fungal disease called anthracnose, which looks like that rusty stuff you're getting on there. Uh, so you mm. need to get a, a fungicide called uh, Mancozeb Plus. And uh, give that a good spray at, right now. You can you can spray it now if you want to. And the other important time to spray with Mancozeb Plus is when it's actually flowering, because they can get a fungal disease in their flower, and that then ends up like a blossom end rot, where it continues right down through into the fruit. Uh, so very important mm-hmm. to do that as well. 
Uh, look, about fertilising mangoes, they are, you know, they obviously you want them to flower and fruit as much as possible. Uh, so you can uh, fertilise them with uh, cow manure if you want to, but uh, make sure you're also using some sulphate of potash and building that up in the soil. The other way to do it is to get uh, like a citrus fertiliser, one of the granular citrus fertilisers, and sprinkle that around according to the instructions. Oh, good, thank you. Well, now the contrary is growing under the um, persimmon tree, mm-hmm. and it grows up very quickly. Now, uh, the best way, like my husband always, he's not here now, but he uh, used to always um, uh, cut that off and use that as uh, compost. Oh, yeah, yes, look, you could certainly do that um, with, with comfrey. You know, it's you only really need to, you know, you, you, look, you can use any fertiliser with it you want to, I guess. Uh, uh, probably uh, one that's more high in nitrogen, though. So if you've got a little bit of poultry manure, you could sprinkle that around your comfrey. Uh, you don't necessarily want it to, you know, to come out and burst out and flower like that all the time. So, um, yeah, look, I'll just use some, uh, high, you know, high nitrogen fertiliser. Right. What on the comfrey? Yeah, just on the comfrey. Yeah. Well, it, it's growing, and you can't stop it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, don't worry about it then. <laughs> we're, we're here, but the point is that we cut it back and we use that for compost. Oh yes. And would it be better to sort of put it in a heap and let it rot down? Uh, yeah, look, don't put it directly into your compost bin if that's what you're doing. Uh, yeah, let it uh, rot down in a heap, uh, you know, break down a little mm-hmm. bit and then put it into your compost bin because it might be a little bit too hot, uh, you know, as it breaks down oh. if you put it in directly. Oh, I see. Oh, good. Uh, all right. I just didn't know what to do with it. Oh, well, that's fine. Thank you very much Okay. Have that. a nice afternoon, Bev. Good. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, Scott, I think we've got time for a couple of more callers. We'll rush them through. We'll rush and we've got Robin from Walls End, and she's got a question about roses. Robin, how can we help you? Hi. Um, someone with very good intentions pruned my roses months ago. Yes. And so now they're all green and lush and flowering. Yes. But they still don't look right. They've got lots of thorns and there are no I didn't know whether to prune them again or yeah. let them go but they don't seem to have the, you know, the little growth buds on the limbs, on right. the stems okay, look, prune to the, the answer is don't fret uh, even though the unnamed person cut them back in a, you know, a show of good faith uh, you know, a few <laughs> months ago don't be cranky with them, you can prune roses back, you actually can prune them back in February as well if you want to yeah. Uh, but look, you can certainly give them a, a shape up uh, now. Uh, like we've been talking about uh, a lot today, I'd probably wait a couple more weeks until we get to you know, almost August, even the first yeah. week of August sometimes. And, and then you can go and give them a shape up then. You might find that some of those leaves drop off so you'll be able to see the buds a little bit more readily. But uh, usually you can just you know, see where, you know, where the buds are, where the leaves are coming out. You can just prune yeah. directly above that. Yeah, Okay. So it won't hurt to do them again. Yep, don't, don't be too concerned and don't go hurting anyone because of what they did. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> okay, thanks, Robin. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers, thanks, Bye. Robin. I think we might be able to get Barbara in from Cessnock. Well, here we go, Barbara. How can we help you? Well, uh, I have a, a bleeding heart. Yes. I've had it for many, many years. Yes. Uh, yes. And it, um, it was going quite well yesterday. It was looking beautiful. Now, we have been watering it. 
because of the dryness. Now, whether it's, uh, it looks terrible at the minute. I want, I'm wondering if it's too much water or is it a very cold night? Because we, uh, we were nearly five, minus five degrees here today. Ooh, ouch, that sounds a little bit too cold for me. Um, sorry, well, it's, it's a tropical plant. That, now, that's going to be the trouble with it. Now, Clerodendrum is a uh, tropical plant, so unfortunately, once you start getting those you know, really cold nights, and you might have even got a frost as well, Mm, no. No, oh well, um, uh, not uh, um, nearly minus five. You would get a frost. You would get so. a frost. Yeah. So and once a plant, but it's, it's, un- it's under slight shelter, but not much. Yeah. Even though with those ambient temperatures, that's why your clerodendron, your bleeding heart's going to have dropped its leaves. So just keep on watering as normal, and uh, it should come back once it warms up again. Well, I've got others that have been affected too. Uh, another plant that's um, I couldn't tell you the name of it. But it, I've had it for many, many, many years, and its leaves are, are um, terrible at the moment. It's even dropped colour out of the leaves. Yeah, so look, again, I, I think it's just going to be the cold, you know, those cold temperatures, minus five. It's pretty cold for those sort of tropical plants. Uh, wait till it warms up, keep on watering as normal, and it should come good for you. Scott Sharp, I'm sorry, we're out of time. Well, we made it, though. We made it. We'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see you then.